0: Welcome to The Great Unknown, global cultural explorations. We venture into the unknown for us and discover treasures that we can bring back to share with you.
1: Welcome to The Great Unknown with me, James Harris. And me, Wolf O'Neill. We're here because we'd like to find out more about the world, challenge ourselves to expand our horizons and share our discoveries with you. We're going to be looking at culture, art, history, and entertainment and literature, and that's just for starters. Share your discoveries with us by finding us on Facebook and Instagram at The Great Unknown Pod. You can email us at TheGreatUnknownPod at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at GreatUnknownPod. And we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Blueberry, PocketCast, and with our brilliant hosts on Podbean. If you enjoy the podcast, please do subscribe to get each new episode automatically delivered to your device and leave us a review and a rating so more people can come and join in and find out about all the good things we're talking about. So welcome everyone, and we are gonna be doing the wrap-up episode for the France series that we've been doing. Uh, I've returned, and of course, things have kind of changed in the world a little bit in the last month, so we are naturally remote recording. Uh, So I'm in my uh, studio uh, in uh, my house, and Wolf is at his, and we're gonna have a special guest on today, uh, our good friend, Dom. Hello, Dom.
2: Yes, how's it going?
1: (laughs) Yes, hello. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
2: no hi hi i'm here as well so i'm uh, joining from berlin germany and uh yeah also in my uh, studio bedroom shall we say
1: <laughs> it's really nice to have you on actually because you know you've been out to france a couple of times as well so uh, we thought it's a good chance to get you on uh, particularly in this time as well with everything that's happening with coronavirus we felt that actually we should be doing our bit to make sure that our community is engaged and is not socially distant if we have to be physically distant so just by doing this we thought it's a great chance to spend more time with our friends let's get into let's get into france so yeah covered a whole range of different things how did you guys find that
0: I i thought it was wonderful i thought it was really fascinating a variety of different people with different experiences different viewpoints of the same crisis and it was fascinating to uh, absorb myself in the various ways that people are helping uh, and the different skills that people have that they bring to this one large problem. Uh, no one person can fix, but everybody together is having quite a big impact. So James, having done all of these interviews now and having spent the most time of any of us over there helping and working, what were the the biggest surprises or takeaways that you took from these
1: these interviews? I think besides always being reminded of how remarkable the people there are, for me, it's the interconnected nature of absolutely everything. It's how all the different organisations are all trying to work on specific different parts and they all relate to each other. It's completely interconnected and it's all interconnected globally with how complex the the whole global political situation is and each of these organizations is trying to do their best to respond to incredibly complex things like for example sam was talking about the global food system and that we have enough and but they're still having to fill gaps and maddie was talking about how things fit into the political environment it's it's hugely complex and and it's not a situation that is isolated that's my main takeaway
0: and dom you've at least volunteered over there which i have not um so with some of your limited knowledge what was the kind of surprises and main takeaways that you gathered from listening to everything that james collected for us
2: um yeah i mean as you said wolf i volunteered there a few days i think in total over two occasions six days or something like that so just a little snippet really of a uh, what James has experienced, yeah, I found specifically the one with Maddie was really kind of brought together more of the political background and reality of it. Um, and as James said, how yeah, everything is really interconnected, and all these small parts work together to try and deliver essentially basic, fundamental human rights, which are essentially being ignored by our governments. Each interview had something different about it, which I really, really appreciated, and. You, yeah, as James said before, we have said like the different characters that are involved. It is real widespread, um, different people, fascinating backgrounds, all brought together with a common kind of goal. And it's refreshing. Yeah, it's refreshing to hear from all these different people who are brought together to, who try every day to just try and make some small difference.
1: And Wolf, what was your, what were your main takeaways from the series?
2: The whole picture became a lot clearer. I
0: definitely would never have thought about the various forms of aid that would be needed to be created for different members of families as well as for single people on their own, larger units. Each episode exposed me to a multitude of problems that have to be figured out and solved and couldn't really believe how complicated it was. And then when it was the... Uh, Refuge Community Kitchen episode, it struck me when they were making food to take to Brussels. So, providing aid work in London was somewhat surprising as it obviously brings it home and it's not in this place that's on a distant shore that I can kind of ignore. But, London, Brussels, various other places around the world, you realize that this isn't just one small problem with just a few hundred people that is kind of being aided there's a global situation that um is, is kind of bigger than I can comprehend
1: yeah it's yeah. Uh, really it's, it's a very hard one to get your head around and so I'm really glad we had time to explore that with different people and from different angles and there's a couple of things I wanted to clear up um when we're talking about and some issues that have come up through doing the series so sometimes people ask why we didn't interview any refugees directly why we just interviewed volunteer organizations and we really should be listening to the voices of the people who are directly affected we should be giving them space to speak however we have to also protect people's welfare and that's the prime concern so it's not something that you can just go and do and there are occasionally interviews out there and people do tell their stories but it's not Uh, always something that is wise to do so we didn't do that in this circumstance i think that was the best thing
0: one of the things i most appreciated about the variety of interviews was the variety of people with a whole bunch of different experiences from limited experience to decades of experience uh in all different uh, professions uh and the unifying theme was that everybody just wanted to do whatever they could to help And I think against this really kind of large, overwhelming problem uh, and the kind of despair of the situation, the interviews also had a sense of um, hope and purpose to them. Uh, And I could gain that from all individuals, whether it be Sylvie opening a house up to uh, young students getting out of university and traveling across the channel and putting their knowledge of languages to good use and their knowledge of... Um, child support and uh, teaching into into effect, and I I really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say as well. I mean, that's that's a point that really comes across. I think from every volunteer experience that I've ever had, and similarly through these interviews as well, people often think as well that they maybe do not have the skills or whatever to contribute, but really everyone can contribute something, even if it's you know chopping up some vegetables or. Yeah, lending a pair of hands to uh, wheelbarrowing some wood, (laughs) as James and I enjoyed doing last time we were there. Um, I particularly enjoyed, uh, I think his name was Sam, the interview with Refugee Community Kitchen, and his sort of background of how they all brought that together. And, you know, organized chaos is a word that we've used before when we've done volunteering, but it strikes me that this is actually way more organized than without going too political, our own sort of uh, government responses to these situations. I was just um, really very very impressed by the the mental fortitude and uh of the volunteers who were there as particularly obviously those who stay long term because it's yeah it's outside of the control it's uh, hard to fight that and keep going day in day out but people manage it and yeah it's fair play to them
0: and do your thoughts and opinions about the work that you're doing as individuals and as kind of a, a wider a wider group in calais Change with each visit you do going back there,
1: I think I find that it just gets it it generally just gets worse, uh, as Maddie was saying uh, in the interview with her for help refugees. when I left, it was the worst situation I'd ever seen, and I have been keeping up a little bit with what's happening at the moment, and I know that a lot of the organizations there have had to either some in some cases stop the work they're doing or adapt. And th- th- it's so hard because of with with coronavirus in France they're in complete lockdown. You're not allowed to go outside, and there are the people that are still there are they don't have anywhere to isolate. They're they're stuck in camps side by side with no sanitation anyway. So it, it's it's such a dangerous situation, and yeah. when all the voluntary services appeal away, and this is another thing that Maddie was saying is that the volunteers shouldn't really be there it should be the government and as soon as we see that the volunteers are less able to do their work and they let's be clear about this they have no choice because it's government orders on what people can and cannot do that now these people are in a completely bleak situation so it just does keep getting worse and that is it's it's awful to think about and i'm 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 very aware that the situation there is incredibly stressful at the moment but I know some people are still trying to help in any way they can but it's it's just so difficult at the moment what we wanted to talk about was you know now more than ever I think it's really important to look up those organizations and even if we can't go and volunteer think about donating and at least money and I know that's a really hard thing at the moment because it's a very hard time for everybody but I think it's really important to understand that that situation is still going on and is and is incredibly awful. So uh, it, it, there's a lot of problems everywhere in the world at the moment, but that is certainly still there and it's not going anywhere. It's very easy to to forget that that situation is going on when we have such an all encompassing situation everywhere else as well.
2: That's kind of been the case ever since the. I think it was in your interview with Maddie that since the from a UK media perspective, since the jungle was torn down. like There has been no media attention on this in any way. And so this escapes our perspective even more so
1: now. Yeah, and lest we forget as well that just before coronavirus really hit Europe hard, Turkey opened up its borders to people trying to cross to Greece, and there have been children killed trying to get to... Greece legally now, they've been, and they're being denied access to any legal asylum at the border. And Germany's closed the borders as well, correct?
2: Um, Borders have been closing, yeah, in Germany.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, it feels like, and that all across Europe, we're all gonna close all of our borders. uh, And part of it's being specifically mentioned that they're being closed to refugees. I think it's important to clarify that citizens are allowed still to cross the borders within reason, depending on the country, as we attempt to bring our citizens back from abroad to get them home and in case we lock down further. But it's the refugees that are being left with absolutely nowhere to go. And then whichever country they're left in, that one is then refusing to look after them.
1: Exactly. And our governments are literally abandoning these people to their fates which you could easily call something else and it's a very very dark situation that's that's happening there at the moment so please please do take a look and find out about all of the organizations that we've talked about there's plenty more as well have a look at all of their social links in all of our podcast feeds and on Facebook and everywhere like that we've posted all of the links to all of the different organizations uh, websites Instagrams Facebook's the lot so keep in touch with them as well and and they all sort of they keep updating the situation and what they need and sometimes it's just like uh, little individual contributions of you know money for van repairs or something like that so all of those things are really really valuable and so please, please do, do look them up. Um, and I want to say a huge, huge thank you to to everybody that contributed as well. So we had interviews with Bean from the Woodyard. So just wonderful work in the Woodyard. And thank you to Sylvie, to Sam from Refugee Community Kitchen, from uh, the guys at the Women's Centre, Serena, Alana and Francis. And also to Maddie from Help Refugees. And also Otis from Project Play. And to everyone at Maison, to Sam um for hosting me as well as well as as uh, as chatting about their experiences and also from precious plastics as well so thank you thank you so much to them for all of their work and please do keep following what they're doing one other thing i wanted to mention briefly was there's so many more discussions that have come out of the interviews and even things like terminology and there's, there's so many different discussions to be had and it's an incredibly complex scenario so if anyone's got any questions please feel free and by no means are we saying that we've got absolutely absolutely everything correct. Even even terminology and language is so important. And I remember talking about the use of the word crisis, and the reason that that is a complicated word to use, and and we've used all these different words for for explaining what's going on there, and every single word has a whole lot of meaning applied to it. And the word crisis is some people don't like that because, but I would I'd largely kind of I can agree with them as well. Because it's not a crisis is like a, a temporary thing. Whereas in Calais there's always been migration. there will always be people in Calais coming to the UK. Since Roman times has been happening, that's just part of the geography of where Calais is. It's the port to the UK. The situation is the, the only crisis is something that we've allowed to happen and the this, this situation that people are being put into there. It's not a case of there are suddenly more people there. The crisis is, is how we respond. And it's just a situation that is ongoing. And it hasn't disappeared since the jungle. It's still there. It's still going on. And it will always be there. It's a part of the system. It's not it's not something that is outside of the system. It is a direct result of the global systems. Like Calais and the situation there is a direct result of politics in the UK, in France, in Europe, and elsewhere in the world. It's It's not an isolated thing. And that's why... Even the word crisis is sometimes inappropriate. So there's there's so many complexities to it. Feel free to get in touch with us as well. and if you want us to discuss any more issues as well, we certainly have not covered everything. We've tried to give a, an overview of the situation, but we have absolutely not covered everything that it's a vast vast issue. and as as I think each of the different interviewees said this it relates to everybody and wherever you are in the world, we are all part of this global system and we have to keep interrogating how these systems work. So whoever we are in whatever way we can, that's I think that's something we need to keep doing regardless of what's happening in our world.
2: In a bizarre sense, James, and maybe it's, it would, could be interpreted as crass to say, it's almost like this is normal, really. I know that's a horrible word to kind of use to describe it, but as you're saying, like, it's not a crisis. It's basically what is happening every day for I'm not sure how many years off the top of my head. But it's basically the norm, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it is. It is unfortunately far too normal.
2: But I do have a question. Um, yes, yeah, do you think psychologically or terminology-wise that crisis—the word crisis—brings it more attention in th- any way?
1: I think absolutely it can sometimes. Yes, I think the media is always keen to report on dramatic moments and that is part of the problem as you say because it's become normal there there's no reporting on it because it's not dramatic anymore it's become normal the way that we treat people and that's that's very very scary often things that are negative bring a lot more media attention so i think it's been really good to focus on the work of organizations and so we can see the positive that people are doing the positive work that people are doing so that we're trying to bring attention to the good things as well not just these Not just the worst moments and it's it's you can't avoid them because that's that's why the organizations are there but I think it's also important to know that things are that that things are being done and there are people who are doing their best to help people and there are individual good outcomes it's sometimes hard to see that but there are people who go through Calais and they end up somewhere safe with their family and contributing contributing back into France the UK Germany wherever so there are positive outcomes, not from the situation in Calais, but from the work of the organizations on the ground. And that's really important to remember.
2: There are some, there are some really great stories on the various social channels uh, with like help refugees slash choose love and particularly on their Instagram, some really great stories about individual cases.
0: Jumping off of this, what kind of positive action do you think that people in the UK and Germany or all around the world can start doing in their local communities during this pandemic, which is obviously bringing an increased awareness um, of our own situation and the situation of those nearby, uh, which maybe we kind of forget in the kind of everyday rat race of life. What kind of positives can you pass on?
1: Well, I think what we're seeing in the UK at the moment is a a huge movement of mutual aid which is local communities coming together to look after each other. And they're doing that outside of government structures. And it means they're doing it out of kindness. And that's an incredibly hard thing to do because organization and proactiveness, when, like you say, the life life is a rat race, is, is very hard. And so, but we're, we're seeing that actually we need it in our lives, we need community. And we need people to look out for each other and because we live in more globalized times i I believe that our community is the entire world it's every human on this planet because we're so interconnected and hopefully i think people can understand the power of kindness and volunteering in their local community and doing things for others and we have to i think we have to create a world where that is a priority far more than than money or anything else there's a great Charlie Chaplin quote from the film The Great Dictator, I might try and find it and stick it into the episode somewhere as a, as a thought for the episode. We all want to
2: help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. More than machinery, we need humanity more than cleverness we need kindness and gentleness without these qualities life will be violent and all will be lost
1: i think at the moment if you're thinking about getting involved as i say donate to organizations in calais absolutely still but also look up your local mutual aid groups and look at what volunteering you can do in your area and a world built on compassion i think is a much more sustainable one in my view if you feel isolated which I think a lot of people do right now and <laughs> will continue to do so and may feel even more the burden of that once this is over if we are shocked into realizing the power of community volunteering is a great way to suddenly engage with your community instantly
2: i mean one thing that we have here in germany um, i'm not going to try and pronounce it off the top of my head because my german pronunciation is not always the best <laughs> uh is like signing up to be that person to go to do the shopping for an elderly neighbor who can't go for instance small things like that are also possible like within your your local neighborhood
1: yeah exactly that's 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 exactly the kind of thing that's happening all over in in lockdown countries and here you know we've even where I live I'm on a local whatsapp group for my road um, in case anyone needs anything and we're doing like food collections and things for food banks and there's a there's a, a borough and an area wide one as well. And people are just generally like trying to collect medicines for people and do like basic tasks for people that can't for either they're ill or they're over seventy or whatever the situation is, whatever reason people can't do the basic things, like communities are coming together to to do things about that, which I think is a very powerful thing to do. I'm yeah.
0: hoping that this uh carries on after all of this and this is such a positive learning experience that um kind of as a society and as a population we give more aid and support going forward and don't revert completely back to the kind of slightly selfish way of life that we all
1: had so thank you very much everybody for listening to the interviews on france a huge thank you to everybody that contributed a thank you to everybody that's listened it's been a really eye-opening time i think for certainly for me and uh hopefully for for anybody listening uh, thank you all for sharing in that. And we are now at an end of the France series. And that's why we wanted to do this episode to just to tie in some things together and to, to let you know what we're going to be doing next as well.
0: So, James, not to uh, deviate too much from what we've been doing recently, but... What kind of exciting topics uh, have we got lined up for the listeners if they think that anything we say is exciting?
1: So we had had a whole series plan of what we were going to do and we were planning to go to America during that time. We were going to do a couple of episodes on different aspects of America and obviously things have changed slightly in the last month. So we've adapted what we're going to do a little bit and we decided that the first one we're going to do is we, we wanted to make it relevant for people at the moment and one of the topics we actually had planned out for the series is dystopias. And so that's the first episode we're going to be doing, which I'm really excited about. And partly because it's it's also very scarily relevant at the moment as well. And so we're going to have a little look and maybe a little bit related to what's happening at the moment and see what, what comparisons we can draw, what we can learn, what we can take away from exploring dystopias.
0: I, I personally can't wait. It was one of the topics we were going to do and we decided to move it up, um, mostly because it feels eerily relevant, but it certainly feels like we're all experiencing a form of dystopian story at the moment. Uh, and when I was looking up a load of novels to read, the one of the common occurrences for how dystopias are caused is a flu pandemic of some form or another. That's sort of every third or fourth book that I've read. Uh, the disasters all came from a pandemic. And uh, I think it's easy for us to see the systems of our world collapsing or being put under immense amounts of strain. And we're realizing that the world we lived in maybe didn't have the stability that we thought it did. And it's revealing some insidious natures, which perhaps had been able to keep themselves hidden. And I think a lot of what we're experiencing is just going to be really common in dystopian novels films etc and as we keep exploring that we're going to try and pick that apart and uh, reveal what we can that that we can learn from dystopias that we can look to them for and, and how we can kind of get through this experience and
1: yeah exactly i think what we're always trying to do in this podcast is to explore the great unknown we're trying to find out things we never knew about and and look at areas of life that we we don't know and so we talked about france which is obviously a very hard situation and we find ourselves all globally in a hard situation at the moment with coronavirus so we do want to look at that but we will aim to try and keep entertaining you as well and we hope to make it fun to listen to as well when we start talking about dystopias so hopefully you'll find it interesting engaging and uh, you'll have a laugh with us when we can and what else have we got coming down the pipeline besides dystopias, what we might look at this series and we don't want to promise but we do want to give you a little bit of hope that there's going to be something perhaps a little bit more light as well to to keep you entertained we might look at giants actually Uh, we were thinking about giants and in mythology and literature and exploring that as a topic we thought that'd be really fun to do and then we were going to look at the voice and something you've unfortunately got to listen to from from us a lot Um, but just exploring how that works and we are going to try and get great guests on as well and i know we're already trying to think about who we're going to get on to try and teach us more about things um and we were going to look at uh local areas uh, we we're going to look at like the mythology of cornwall for example something that's close to us but relate that back to how perhaps local areas have a sort of uniqueness and explore that and then we were going to look at things like uh, death as well uh, just to get a nice negative in there Um, so yes it's not nice (laughs) and (laughs) light-hearted yes yeah so uh, a whole whole range of things for you there but uh, we're going to do so that's going to be our in-depth episodes as we did in our first series and then uh, as we go we will be also continuing in uh, our new format where we'll also throw in the occasional in time episode responding to moments in time and in brief, when we come across any particular audio gems for you as well,
0: brilliant! Thank you, James. Can't wait for it.
1: Well, thank you very much both for 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 phoning in. Uh, thank you for providing me with something social to do with uh, this isolated life we've got. Um, but please do please do uh, look into the France series as well, and keep keep uh, keep checking out those organisations. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and we look forward to chatting to you for the next series. Thank you for being a guest on the show, Don
2: yeah yeah absolute pleasure to be uh, on the show today so i really appreciate it guys i look forward to hearing more in the series uh,
1: so thank you very much everyone for, for joining in and if you are interested in uh, if you've got anything you want to talk about even on the show perhaps uh, you are more than welcome to get in touch with us we are on facebook and instagram at the great unknown pod you can email us at the great at gmail.com and we're on twitter at great unknown pod and don't forget to subscribe like leave us a review and a rating and that would be hugely appreciated thank you so much thank you